Welcome to Probably Science. I'm Matt Kirshen. I'm Andy Wood. I'm Jesse Case. And let's just jump... I, I was about to say we're actually recording from four different states, but I think we're not right now. Because oh, I, I, believe, I believe our guest is still in California. And mm. I, still in California. But quite the traveler. But it's... Uh, somewhat, but we, we have... We have tried tried to get you on the show so many times, and there's been so... <laughs> I think this has been about four years of text back and forward. No, no, and, no. Nine, 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 nine years. years. Yeah, nine think- years ago, we were, we were working on a show together, and he was like, hey, you mind if I come on the podcast? I said, yeah, we'll just schedule a time. And then uh, nine, <laughs> year, nine years goes by. It's been a really busy nine years, in my defense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah we, well, you, you, are, you are always busy. That's the voice of Murray Valeriano. Hey, Murray, how's it going? Hey, Matt, Andy, Jesse, how are you guys? Good yeah, to have doing, you, finally. Doing well. Yeah, good to have you. Comedian. Glad to finally be here. Yeah, comedian, podcaster, traveler, all sorts. Uh, before the episode started, um, we were all discussing. I mean, I'm not trying to rehash it. You no, know? we can sure. Well, no, I mean, yeah. we were all discussing stuff. sleeping on. So here's here's the deal, right? I got the the old uh, COVID vaccine booster and the flu shot in opposite deltoids. Um, so I I don't sleep on my back. I sleep on my side. So I can't like rolling over is a nightmare. And then Murray was mentioning an open heart surgery he had where he had to spend eight weeks sleeping on his back. Yeah, that and was the worst part of open heart surgery. Easily the worst part. Yeah. <laughs> Don't sleep on um, your back. Absolutely. Yourself. Easily the worst part. And, and then uh, we were discussing snoring, how sleeping on your back perhaps makes you snore more. I mean, we talked for easily three hours before we hit record about all of this. Solid content. Yeah. Solid. You guys should have been there. Uh, but then Matt... It's that, that snore-worthy podcast stuff that they're always talking about. <laughs> and then Matt, just at, like this is normal, throw, throws out something about a tennis ball trick? What is, so what is this? What are you talking about? It's that one say, weird I've, trick doctors don't want you to know about. Yeah, they don't... They, <laughs> this is actually pretty dangerous for us, because I know we have crossover with the medical and scientific community, and if... If doctors knew that we were spreading this trick on our show, yeah. we would be finished. Doctors so, don't want you to know this. Well, listeners, you better keep this to yourselves because we could be, I mean, like, we could be in real trouble here. But apparently, so I'm told, if you sew a tennis ball into the back of your pajamas, your, your pajama top, <laughs> like your, or whatever whatever t shirt or whatever you sleep in, sew a tennis ball into that, that a makes dorsal it. dorsal tennis ball. Yeah. Yeah, that'll make it uncomfortable to sleep on your back, so you'll naturally roll over onto your side or front and snore less. And I was surmising that that would probably also make it make for an annoying, constantly um, half waking up night of sleep. Because I don't, maybe not, but it seems like if you're rolling over, then you hit yeah. that. You're like, ah, oh, what? What is this? And I mean, it will mean that while you're sleeping, a dog will constantly be chasing your back. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't, yeah. don't want to speak uh, ill of the medical industry, but this sounds like big tennis to me. <laughs> <laughs> to Sounds More like big balls. tennis, big tennis yeah. talk. Yeah, um, yeah Doctor Dunlop just released this study. <laughs> <laughs> They've already got the walkers. They've got the OEP walkers. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a it's a Wait, slow so, climb to the top. So it's one of those things that, of course, obviously doesn't have to. I thought it had to be a tennis ball, but it's just to have an annoying. You could sew any annoying, uncomfortable thing back there. Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah, just a tennis ball is is the go to thing in any medical situation where you need a handy implement, <laughs> whether it's making a, a a walking frame easier like not dig into the ground or stopping snoring 
or uh, I think that's it. I think those are the two times that tennis balls are used outside of a tennis context. It's it weird. seems like an awful lot of work, right? For can't you just sprinkle like uh, I don't know cracker crumbs on the side of your bed, like you know, like halfway to the side, so you have to sleep on your side or, or something along those lines. You don't have to sew something in your pajamas. Wait, Wait, crackers right. are a better idea than a tennis. <laughs> well, who wants to take an hour, hour and a half uh, sewing a tennis ball? Put something in um, shards of glass. Uh, I don't know. Once. That's Put a, something that'll keep you from rolling on your back. Your are, solution is like new crackers every time you wash your sheets. Then you got to deal with the ants. Are tennis well, balls... I, I haven't tennis, thought this out, Matt. I haven't thought this all the way through. <laughs> are, are tennis balls one of those objects that are used f- less for their intended purpose than for their purpose? You know what I mean? Like like uh, like a pipe cleaner. I was like, just going to say pipe cleaner. Oh, my God, Jesse. I was just going to say pipe cleaner. That's <laughs> uh, crazy, right? I that's can't so cra- That's why on the level, buddy. On the level. But wow. like, like uh, Q-tips, you know, um, pipe cleaner. There, there are objects that it's like... As, You'd, you'd be like, oh, you can also play tennis with this, I guess, as a cool bonus. What is a Q-tip's intended purpose? Yeah, what what is it either. originally sold for? Uh, it's, it's a small cotton swab, and I suppose it's been marketed to clean out your ears, but it's apparently, I mean, people use it for, like, just cleaning anything or makeup removal. But it, de- it says to clean out your ears, but then, but then also says in le- big letters on every packet, do not use to clean out your ears. Exactly. I think yeah. it definitely, I definitely qualifies as the one thing that is forbidden to use for the only purpose it's really sold for right is, i mean is it like a dog whistle are they winking at you like come on clean your ears yeah. with this like you know? Or, you know like or like when they sell like bongs and stuff and it's for like entertainment purposes <laughs> only right like we, a we, we, you shouldn't be using this to clean out your ears uh well, the, we don't recommend that they'll sell it as like a tobacco pipe as if like someone wakes up and just has a big rip of tobacco <laughs> A, bub- a big bubbling rip of tobacco. <laughs> I remember back in my, back in my uh, youthful days when I might have dabbled in the drugs. I went into buy uh, a little Coke bottle at the, one of those head shops, and I was like, "Oh yeah, give me one of those tobacco bong so I can smoke tobacco out of it." And uh, and I had nothing for the Coke bottle. I'm just like, "Give me the Coke <laughs> bottle." <laughs> yeah. What was it? A dog whistle Coke bottle though. Or was it a real... It was a dog whistle Coke bottle. It was a lot of fun. Uh, well, I, mean, for... I want something to take tarragon to parties in. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a lot of stuff, though, um, at regular gas stations that are dog whistle things that I didn't realize. Like, you know, um, when you go, a lot of times at a gas station, they'll have just sort of the impulse purchases right up by the cash register you know gum and stuff like that and they have a lot of times you'll see these little tubes with a small fake rose, rose. in it yeah that's too and that's bad. a that's a crack pipe right well for meth i think oh, it's for meth yeah no yeah. really I yeah and never, i didn't know that dude, for the i've been in every truck stop and practically every gas station across this country i've never seen that I don't think I've seen That's that. Crazy. It I was a big I, thing in Portland I, for a while. I tell you what. Yeah. I tell you what. I've seen a lot of in, in those kind of in head shops and and gas stations and similar. What's is that? Matt? Little, little uh, bottles of room deodorizer, little amyl nitrate room deodorizer that people are always using to deodorize their rooms and clean their VHS tape heads. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, what? What is that used for? Illicitly. That, that's that's poppers. Like poppers are officially described as room deodorizers. Oh, interesting. Wow. Interesting. Wasn't that wasn't because uh, what was what did I do in high school? Wasn't there rocket fuel that was kind of along the lines of poppers? Some sort of rocket fuel. 
Or was I just told that by my dealer? Uh, I don't know, but I definitely wasn't cool enough in high school to have a dealer. Well, and, and <laughs> since I'm dealer, not... I met the guy who sat next to me in class who got it from his brother. Oh, yeah. No, I wasn't cool enough to sit next to anyone in class. <laughs> right. And, and since uh, I'm not from 1973, I don't think I know what poppers are. <laughs> what, what are popper, like, poppers? Like poppers and whizzers and uppers and downers and all kinds of crazy stuff. Poppers are not a 1973 thing. You just well, clearly haven't been having enough uh, anal sex recently. Yes. Okay, fair. Yeah. No, that's also, that's also true. I just listened to a podcast about it, actually, with uh, one of the hosts of um, Pod Save America. It's very interesting, the history of it, and the fact that it hasn't been, that it's been this thing that's like winkingly legal this whole time, but also hasn't been really adopted in the mainstream, or hasn't really been adopted outside of gay culture. Like, it's a huge thing, and always has been in, in like, the gay nightclub scene. It's it's just basically like muscle relaxant, sort of. It just oh, makes okay. you... Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely very. It's like sniffing with... solvents, but it makes your mu- it makes your muscles relax, and specifically, one muscle that might be useful to relax in certain situations. Yeah, oh, or two yeah, muscles. Yeah, yeah, sure. But sure. Uh, oh, then I, I did I something completely different then because whatever I you got really tense in the ass. Really <laughs> yeah, I mean, I couldn't I couldn't poop for four days. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it was like a, a major like head rush, and I have to Google that while you discuss. Oh, whippets! You talking about whippets? Oh, no, yeah, no, it wasn't whippets. No, it wasn't whippets. Oh. It was it was definitely something you like took a big uh, sniff into. Well, I remember glue sniffing was a thing, like you know, sniffing glue or sniffing like you know aerosol cans. Back to the nineteen seventies, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, that, no, it's that's no, that's that's just very British. Very British. Oh. Uh, <laughs> did you call it? Did they call it cement sniffing over there, yeah. Matt? We also well we had we had what you would call whiteout but we call Tipex and uh, cooler the, name for it. But the uh, the solvent did did that did, was that sold separately in America? What do you mean? Like in America, you could buy Tipex in Britain. You could buy Tipex thinner. So you got your bottle of Tipex, but it's got a bit old and it's got a bit like you know it's hardened. Thick. It's no longer got its liquid. It's you know it's, it's crusted over. You could right. just buy a separate bottle of the solvent that would you just like drop into the bottle and and shake it's, it up and it would re-dissolve and re-liquefy mm-hmm. and then you've got uh, but that solvent itself was something that people but that solvent was yeah it was i can't remember oh that's like just huffing like that i mean we have yeah exactly paint, paint thinner and stuff here yeah. exactly yeah yeah same same stuff that sounds you can buy, like, and like, that sounds but those, like big yeah. <laughs> solvent yeah that's big <laughs> solvent the, those bottles are like also because they're designed with the, like the applicator like the nozzle that would then fit inside the bottle of Tipex, it's also like perfectly nostril sized. Right. Like it looks almost like the stuff they sell in pharmacies to clear your nose, like that kind of like. Uh, right. And it sort of makes sense that that was maybe a winkingly unintended use because like who who's doing this much white outing that they have to make sure to conserve. No, this was like, their... I think this is a legacy of, you know, this is still just, just about overlapping with the typing days. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought maybe it was like, uh, who is actually making this much whipped cream to justify um, right. <laughs> right selling? I had it's- that though in in a hotel once in, it was a hotel in San Francisco as well, and uh, but they had like this sort of cocktail hour that they sometimes do at hotels where they'll you know like five p.m. they'll have a those few are drinks. those are my favorite man. I love I, I seriously love a hotel mingle situation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so weird and I <laughs> I love it. A few square pieces of cheese and some yeah, like yeah. cut up bits of uh, yeah vegetables. And, That's like uh, one of my one of my favorite things to do is like a Drury in six p.m. Yeah. like. <laughs> 
a glass of wine with someone who's interviewing for a sales job and uh <laughs> yeah and a yeah, tip jar it. yeah it was okay yeah that's what i thought it was it was one 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 trichloroethane it was used as a as a thinner which also we had we've talked about that before because we we also had bottles of that in in our chemistry lab in a squirty bottle that was used to because it's also good for drying out stuff like if you've got like a hmm. an electrode that's got water on it you cover oh, it in one one trichloroethane that displaces the water and then it evaporates really quickly but also it's highly flammable and in a squirty bottle and we were 15 year old kids right <laughs> so, you could yeah. like you know you make sort of like a squirty bottle like a rail of it across the entire workbench and then set fire to one end and watch this flame kind of shoot across the room oh but that's what i was going to say so it's um it was hotel cocktail hour and they also had cocoa they had like hot chocolate with squirty cream but they had like industrial squirty cream from a squirty cream dispenser powered by nitrous capsules and that's the only time like i saw it sitting on the table i'm like wow they've giving us like free drinks and nibbles and whippets <laughs> is that like what are they doing <laughs> wow but no actually, they, they well, actually were described yeah. they were using it for the legal official job uh, like description product description if you want to know what sort of lifestyle that i had in my youth one time i almost got in a car wreck because i had so many whippet canisters on my floorboard that it like stopped my brake like my brake <laughs> oh, wouldn't no. go down Jesus. like i mean i'm talking like a hundred like whippet and just you'd get in and just hear metal crunch it was horrible oh man it reminds me of a Bruce Baum joke about getting pulled over with beer cans all over the floor of his car. And he's like, oh, no, beer cans, officer? No, these are floor chimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so stupid. So stupid. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, Murray, you were saying. Oh, and I was just going to say, I never... I've never done whippets out of a canister like that. Uh, I did go... My, one of my first road gigs ever was going on the road with Polly Shore. And uh, the tour bus pulled over to go to the grocery store. And I kind of lost everybody, and I found him 15 minutes later. It was Polly, his businessman, another opener, just emptying the, the whipped cream section of, of those. <laughs> just doing, oh, doing well, a whip it, and then sure. putting it back in, and then inhaling the nitrogen and putting it back in. That's the wow. weasel for you, man. Oh, that's yeah, the, dude. That's, that's the that's, weasel. That's nugs a plenty. <laughs> that was a, yeah. one of the first comedy albums I owned. Or no, maybe not the first, but I remember having... Um, Whatever that one was called in 1990, that had Lisa Lisa on it and all the all the all the weasel oh, bits. Lisa Lisa, wow, I forgot about yeah. that. <laughs> no, this was well. This was well past it. Yeah. His prime, but he was still selling out. This I mean, was I like he was 99, 2000. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I liked it before he sold out. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it when he still had integrity. <laughs> <laughs> what did he do a, a what was it a jury duty movie I th either he did, did I, or Carrot Top I always confused their vehicles oh Jared, Carrot Top was um, well I confused him with Chairman of the Board Chairman of the Board was Carrot Top right. oh, that's yeah but Pauly Shore did some sort of yeah. Pauly Shore did some sort of thing where he was like being a fake lawyer or something that sounds right he was also yeah, a son-in-law right. and maybe he was in the army now uh, <laughs> he had a few different shots at at, at cinematic vehicles i'm gonna I will say, say this i will say oh this. yeah jury uh, it's called jury duty okay <laughs> encino man not a bad not a bad movie not bad at all and brendan fraser is a delight in the new doom patrol show and i forgot how much i liked him 
Oh, there you go. That's Brendan Fraser's great. Jury yeah. duty has a zero out of one hundred on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> zero. That's hard to. Although we've talked about the different way, the Metacritic versus Rotten Tomatoes, and how Metacritic is more reflective of reality because Rotten Tomatoes reduces everything to a yes or no, then averages those. So all it would oh, take okay. is everyone to give it forty nine percent for it to come up as zero on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, interesting. Yeah, the that audience score is twenty six percent. So yeah. I can see how that that could go to zero. Wow. Okay. Okay. I'm not. I'm not defending anybody's choices of career moves, um, but I think any one of us on this podcast would do jury duty two for half of what Polly got paid. Uh yes, in a heartbeat. Absolutely. <laughs> totally. And I hope it's all yeah. four of us. And I don't even like whipped cream. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when uh, when Andy and I. This is hilarious. Like, uh, so Murray, I don't, I'm sure you came out to the house that when Andy and I lived in that weird house. Oh, the and blue belt. Blue what? belt. Yeah. Blue belt. Yeah, yeah. We have yeah, to edit yeah. this out. No, no, it doesn't matter. Oh, no. no, okay. no we're I'm not, not giving. to say it? No, no we're not giving. Matter. Whatever. We're yeah. not giving okay. away an address or why we call it that or whatever. So um, we're out there and we lived with this guy, uh, Brendan, you know, and mm-hmm. Brendan had actual jury duty and would go on and on about how he's not allowed to talk about it. And then every day, just spill it. Just, he would come home, he would come home and he would get hammered and just tell us like this weird stuff about this murder. And then, you know, it was great. It was great. I, uh, I like knew everything about that case by the time he got out of there. And it was, uh, I think it was a hung jury too. I think Brendan like forgot. I think it was a not guilty. He was like the only not guilty. Yeah, I think Brendan caused a hung jury uh, and told us all about it. Having sat through a couple of those selection processes, I can't imagine a world in which Brendan is either lawyer's choice for uh, who they want to have deciding the fate of this thing. It had to be the defense, right? They're like, this guy will will let us pass. Yeah, yeah. The defense would always want dumb jurors? I don't know. Okay, yeah. Hmm. I never got that far. I've always got to the waiting room and then... Been, well, always. It's only happened to me once. I only got called in once. I got to the waiting room and then was let go. Yeah. It's kind of fun to get to the last stage because you get to hear everybody's stories about how much they have, whether they have biases or not. And then everybody's mm-hmm. nightmare stories of interactions with the police or whatever. Yeah. Just a cross section of LA people and hear their backgrounds. I've never gotten to the last stage. Hey, Murray. Uh, yes, sir. We, we, I almost forgot to actually ask you this question before we got into the stories because, uh, right. again, I sort of assumed you'd been on the show because I've been talking about it for so long. What We like <laughs> to ask our guests, uh, what, what, if anything, is their background in science? And that's range uh, from classes you took or hated or loved as a kid to blowing stuff up in the woods with your friends. Well, totally blew stuff up in the woods with my friends. Uh, but my probably my most science background is as we speak, uh, having homeschooled my nine-year-old for the last year. <laughs> right. So that's where if you want to talk about bugs and any kind of, um, they, t- they touch a little bit on space and more animal biology and stuff like that. That's probably my best knowledge because I'm relearning it all over again. How did you find that? Like, did you, did you actually find it more interesting learning it the second time around or just <laughs> exhausting? Know, I think, no, I think so. I think if I had my attitude towards school now when i was his age i you know i would be a scholar you know but yeah yeah i find i find it really i think yeah as i get older i uh i find it hilarious that i can't remember shit so it's it's fun to learn all over again i think well, at least i'm having a good time my kid hates it <laughs> yeah well when, when your mind when your brain is the most plastic and the you know the most uh the most malleable the most able to absorb things 
you're also okay. the least focused. Oh, and the least 100%. able to actually, and the, and the least understanding of why you might want to know this stuff. Right. Yeah. And I try to like, cause I went through it and I try, and I, I don't think I'm the only one who has kids on here, right? Yes. As far as we yeah. know. Oh, as far as we know. Hello. As a matter of fact, when I went to your old house, which won't be, uh, named, uh, right after I had Frank, I carried him in, in a, like a little carrier and like all the young, like hip comics were like, what a kid? What <laughs> we can do that? Like what's going on? Like We're what? What? <laughs> what? But I, I try to like like I could try to like you know because I, I, I look at these school. I didn't figure out how school worked till about middle of high school. You know, which is pretty much you, you, they tell you, you tell it back to them, right? Right. And and so I'm like trying to show these hints and everything that are in these school books and everything to my kid just to make it easier on him, and he he still won't even pay attention to that. Yeah, I get yeah. it. I get it. I mean, it's it's got to be especially hard with this last year. Like that's got to just sap motivation to. to ah, dude, to do homeschooling. Yeah, fucking blue. Um, and I don't. I'm not shitting on the teachers because they had to do it over Zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh, after homeschooling stopped, and you you saw all those god awful Zoom stand up shows. So. Oh, uh, I mean, I saw one, and then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I didn't watch any of my recordings back. but i mean these poor teachers i mean these are you know comics at least have some you know most of them have some sort of entertainment value and these poor teachers that did not translate over zoom you know half of half of them quit yeah they just got so sick of it went into early retirement and now the the one crazy the ones in high school had to skype sex their students it's horrible. It's <laughs> <laughs> an absolute nightmare having to Skype sex that guy. Um, uh, th- dude, I just spit my coffee. That was great. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's weird. Like, Matt, you touched on this earlier about how the mind is most malleable. But it's always frustrated me how um, you learn. This is a very simplified take. But, like, I... Everything I've learned, Jesse, probably, Jesse, yes. this is not the show for simplified takes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think like every piece of information I've learned since the age of 11 has been a bummer. <laughs> you know, like all like all of it, like every everything before that is like outer space dinosaurs. Like it's amazing. Everything's crazy and amazing and macro. And then you learn about like genocides and yeah. crazy yeah. like well, li- literally the two stories that i've got queued up that i was deciding which <laughs> one to start with story story number one two new species of dinosaurs discovered story number oh, two awesome. u.s declares 23 bird fish and other species extinct <laughs> yeah i saw that so dude is that blowing you guys's mind that like like that's like how old are it's a new thing of saying how old we are is that like we've seen extinct species well, I think there's extinctions happening all the time. Maybe not a lot of them, but like, am I wrong? Is it? Well, we're are, in. Are, a, are there some years that go by without an extinction? Well, no, but I mean, we're in a mass extinction, right? So, like the ivory-billed woodpecker, for instance, is the big famous one that just went extinct, mm-hmm. uh, or they they can't find one or whatever. Yeah, I've got the BBC version of the story queued up here, and I I actually feel kind of bad about this because I actually have a lot of them. No, I know, I know. You sh- you should call <laughs> maybe, them. Maybe call I them should have told them. some scientists or something because I've got honestly too many. I've been I've been culling them because they are really a problem. <laughs> like they're just like, <laughs> do you know how noisy a thousand woodpeckers are in no, a and, and in Matt, a one bedroom apartment in 
Venus side of LA. When, I remember when you started collecting these, and I've been meaning to tell you that that the bills aren't actually ivory. Well, it, tell that to my piano. Because cool Steinway. So they did those woodpeckers just recently went extinct, right? Because they, oh, they just dec- declared it. Declared I think it the extinct? last the last sighting was in like 2008 or something. Okay, <clears throat> but I think it's really cool when something goes extinct and then 20 years later one of them pops up. Oh, that's the coolest. I love right? it. Right? Yeah. Like, or like they discovered what they discovered the Megamouth shark in like the late 70s or something like that. It's been around forever. When somebody basically when Encino stuff. man's a species is what you're talking yes. about. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, the ivory billed woodpecker actually was all l- longer ago than that. It was, it was once the US's largest woodpecker species. Mm. But the last commonly agrees. I don't know how many other woodpeckers there are and how common they are, though. That's a. Um, by the way, I, I highly recommend. I think he's put a version of it online now, I, so I'll link to it. But Gavin Webster, UK comic, had a great bit about pandas being endangered, and just finding out the, the new story that there are only a thousand pandas left in the wild is like that seems like a lot of pandas. I mean, they were never like <laughs> how many? Pa- they were never like loads of pandas. <laughs> right. They were right. like going. What are, what are you doing? You going to work now? A panda hour? Are you mad? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but um, the last a commonly agreed sighting was in 1944 in Louisiana. The, la- the species was officially listed as endangered in 67. And another another bird declared extinct was the Backman's Warbler, which was one of the rarest songbirds in North America. It too has been listed as endangered since 67. Then eight species of birds from Hawaii and the little Mariana fruit bats from the Pacific Island of Guam are also on the list. Hmm. But it turned out a lot of them were just uh, on camping trips in the swamp near their parents' house. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Did you hear that story where it turns out the bat was just looking for itself for ages? Didn't realize. <laughs> yeah. It was part of the, its own search party. Yeah. Are these extinctions um, natural selection or is this man-made or did they, did they go into detail, especially the woodpecker? I mean, I'm not I'm not sure. I assume there's still plenty of wood to peck. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, and other other woodpeckers have taken over. I think I presume. Yeah, yes. but it does have to do to does it have to do to man taking them out, or is it? That's a good question. I don't know whether it's is. I don't know whether this is human caused or whether it's other animals that have just edged them out. Right. You know, and also, everything they're all sort of interconnected. So maybe it could also be like the humans screwed up one part of the food chain, which led to this just other thing. Effect. Yeah, which of led course, to this yeah. other thing that pushed the. The these woodpeckers oh, down deforestation the chain. and all that. Yeah, woodpecker sure. edging is a very big deal. Oh yeah, I've, uh, I've seen ton- loads of videos. <laughs> um, did we Worth lose Andy? Though. Oh no, I'm still here. Sorry. Oh, okay, Andy's just <laughs> no, Andy's still some... researching uses for tennis balls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just got really quiet. You know, you know, you know how Andy is with woodpeckers. Oh god, that's too close to home. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's in, isn't it's isn't the um, the bald eagle my. Andy, are you, you're from Montana, right? Montana? No. No, not uh, Montana. Where are you? You're from Michi- Detroit. Well, Michigan. Well, I mean, ki- well, born in Minneapolis, raised in Ann Arbor. Uh, yeah. Anyway. When I think, when I I think know, of I Andy Wood, I think of the high plains. That's, that's the... <laughs> I don't know why I connected I'm, you I to Montana a, for a second. I'm a I don't rambler know and a drifter. I, am, I do yeah. ramble and drift, so I could see how... Uh, <laughs> no, actually, I, we did spend a lot of time in Montana growing up. My uncle taught architecture at Montana State. So That's what, because my brother teaches at Montana State. That's why. That's our connection. 
Oh, okay. Uh, by the All way, right. this is this is sort of weirdly linking a couple of stories together. This is also linked on the BBC site. According to a study, there are dangerous levels of MDMA and cocaine in the White Lake River in Somerset, where the Glastonbury Festival is located. And mm. that has impacted the health and population of a species of eel in the waterways. We, ta- we talked about this, haven't we? This is cocaine a this is a, various marine life in, in yeah, areas? but this is a new story about the tra- the a new study. There. Okay, public urination they reckon has caused the increase, and urge festival goes to use the toilets provided. That is, by the way, that they do, um, they do have signs all over the Glastonbury Festival telling people to stop pissing in the bushes and just use the toilets. And for this for this specific reason, they don't. I don't think I never connected it to drugs being in the waterway. I thought it was just also. I thought it was more just the amount of just urea you know uric acid yeah yeah that 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 sort of amount that you know if you're just if you're on a camping trip peeing in the bushes is fine you're like i'm just fertilizing the bushes but if you're at a festival with a hundred and forty thousand other people and a a large proportion of them are also peeing in the bushes that's that fucks up that's yeah that's every year too for what 25 years or something like that oh the classroom has been going for half a century Oh, okay. So it's, yeah, so picture one hundred and fifty thousand yeah. one day just dumping pee all over. They have everything. they have fallow years every so often, but it's yeah, mm-hmm. it's like it's basically a, a town, like a, a a small city appears in the middle of Somerset for four day for about three to five days mm. once a year. And have you ever gone? I've gone uh, many many years. Yeah, I'd yeah. Like in fact, I've never been. Uh, it's it's great. I think. Three years ago was I had to miss because I had a writing job that clashed with it, but that was the first one I'd missed since two thousand and four, five, oh, wow. five, something like that. Oh, there's a comedy tent there, so oh, well, there you go. That's that's my way in is doing right. doing a show or doing a show or two. Yeah, I think I think any more festivals in my day now that I'm fifty, um, I think I'll have to be working them. It's there go. is definitely particularly a festival like that. There's definitely a lot to be said for having access to backstage and the slightly nicer toilets and the nicer camping areas. Although yeah, we although Glastonbury is so huge, you don't actually can't. It's not like the smaller festivals. You're kind of backstage with everyone, and so you're in the same area that like the big stars also have access to. So it's the proper fancy toilets. But we're like, it's the it's the comedians and carnies basically it's theater and circus so it's all the it's the acrobats the clowns and us clowns yeah it sounds about right yeah but it's fun it's a lot of fun and so this this mdma you said is in directly from glastonbury in the surrounding they believe waters. yeah they be, that is that is the most likely cause and what happens mm. to eels on mdma i mean they have a good time at first but then it gets dark <laughs> sure <laughs> sure if, you, if you've never had to talk an eel down, I I, uh, yeah. I recommend it. It's uh, oh man, like Tuesday morning. Ooh, ooh, oh, you don't want to be near an eel at that point. That's just that's dark. That is a dark, bleak time. Yeah, it's like you know you got to just get some coffee into them, tell them it's going to be all right. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, put something light on TV. So it, it disrupts the life cycle, is what it does. Uh, it, I I might not have known there were freshwater eels. Now that I think about it, yeah. And it disrupts the lifestyle. I, I guess it's sort of like, you know, they, they they shrink a bit. They 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 can't stay in a straight line. You know, you know how eels get. <laughs> right. Yeah. They just become sad and sag. 
Hmm. And, and is it, Glastonbury, did that happen this... It didn't happen this year, right? It didn't happen this year or last year but because of the, right. the stuff. But, yeah, what stuff is that now? Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> just like, you know, you know just, just things happened and right. it got away. It just got away from them for some reason. They just forgot to actually organize it and everything. So it just, it just didn't happen. Well, speaking of uh, reasons not to pee wherever you want, we didn't talk about this cow pee story last week, did we? I don't we did not. I'll throw it. I'll throw a link here for you guys to. Uh, yeah. Check it out. This story um, was sent in by a couple of people. Uh, I know. The link in the chat. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Although I was googling you might this on my other computer. Out of it for what's that? I said I was googling all these stories on my other computer. I didn't realize you're sending the links. This is. Oh, oh yes. Uh, let me know if you guys can't get in because of a paywall or anything. But uh, this is Eric Boisvert sent this amongst others. Thank you, yes. Eric. Thank you so much, Eric. Have I mispronounced so, your name? I know I, I, that's definitely one that we've got wrong over the years. And we probably talked about whether, I mean, if it's French, would it be like Boisvert? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Eric. I'm sorry, but we appreciate yeah. you listening and sending in stories. So it looks here, and I know this is so back on the last story already, but I was I was trying to figure out the the metabolic pathways of MDMA, and it looks like, yeah, you piss out so much of it. Like the bioavailability, like it's your piss is just loaded with ecstasy after you've taken it. So if, if so, one were to try to maximize their drug, stretch their drug dollar as far as possible, you're saying you could, <laughs> you could theoretically like recapture like, like something out of the Martian. If, if you were the Matt Damon in the Martian of drugs, you could maybe like get more MDMA out of your MDMA by... I'm not, see, I'm not sure if that your... MDMA would have any effect on you. Because oh, I, okay. I would think a lot of it would already be broken down. But I don't know. Yeah, let, let's... How much MDMA <laughs> get out of your passes pee? untouched through urine? Well, well, he's googling that. Yes, Have you guys incognito mode? Into the urine diet. What's that? Have you looked into the urine diet at all? I've no. looked into it. I've done some research. No, no I haven't have you, at all. Have you pulled it. the trigger? No. What, what's the story here? Uh, I've, I've never pulled the trigger. Apparently, your your urine has uh, a lot of stuff that uh, your body needs, and so you're <laughs> supposed to drink it once a day. And now, and you're, I went as far as to, I dude, I came so close to trying it. You're I, supposed to off your first pee during the day. You're supposed to like pee for like you know five seconds and get the middle part. That's the good part. And uh, you drink it, and it's supposed to be really good for your skin, really good for your uh, metabolism, really good for your heart. I can't wait for any listener with any medical background to email us at probablyscience at gmail.com. And, and I, I don't want to, it's possible that's good. I got a feeling it's probably not only bunk, but actually bad for you. But if, if someone out <laughs> I, I'm there I'm not actually saying I did knows, it. I'm just reading up on it. I, and I'm, I'm not, very I'm not skeptical. preaching it. I'm not preaching it. We, we don't advocate that. Uh, but if somebody can tell us why that is a good or bad idea with some authority, we would love to hear from you. In the meantime, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> cow pee is an environmental problem, but now scientists say calves can be potty trained. A herd of clever cattle in Germany have successfully been potty trained and can now relieve themselves in a designated area nicknamed the Mulu, scientists say, a move that they hope will help lower greenhouse gas emissions amid the global warming crisis. There are an estimated 1.4 billion cows on Earth, and they happen to emit a lot of harmful waste products through burping, urination, and defecation, making the animals a major driver of climate change. Their frequent urination produces 55 to 110 gallons of methane each day. Wait, is that as in across the whole planet? That's all? I don't uh, and contains nitrogenous, nitrogenous, nitrogenous components that pollute Earth's streams and rivers. 
make the waters dangerous for people to swim in or drink from, and pose a risk to wildlife. The University of Auckland joined forces with scientists at a research laboratory in Germany for an experiment that would allow the cow's urine to be collected, treated, and neutralized so it poses less of a risk. According to researchers, 11 out of 16 calves were taught to use the mulu in just 15 training sessions, a result they said compares favorably to the amount of time it takes to toilet train children ages three to four. So cows are <laughs> as smart as three or four-year-olds. Uh, the common perception is that cows are placid, lovable, but perhaps not as bright as other animals, said Lindsay Matthews, a New Zealand-based animal behavior expert and uh, one of the lead authors of the study. Um, the cute... Sorry, go ahead, Matt. Sorry, just very quickly to jump in. Uh, that is per cow, the amount of methane. Okay, that makes a lot more... Actually, yeah, no, makes more sense. Wait, what? No. Uh, a single cow makes 100 gallons of methane a day? Yeah. Well, it says... Like, hold on. How is the volume a cow, of that how many possible? gallons? Where would that... How many gallons of urine? It says here uh, uh, 26.1 liters per cow per day. That's how much they piss. So... No, talking about... Wait, wait. No, I know, the but... methane... But, hold on a second. There's methane related to urine, not... not their butts <laughs> what anything that comes out of a cow it's just gonna methane comes out of it somehow so what would be Hold the on. breakdown of it because get methane's right. gaseous right yeah but but, but it's okay. also like this like the simplest hydrocarbon this is okay. my very very faint memory from high school chemistry right. like a level chemistry in 1998 here we it's, go it's N H um, 4 nh3 what is it yeah it's nh no it's it's, it's ch4 CH4. Oh. Well, so and it's just one carbon and four hydrogens, and that's it. That's that's what a methane molecule looks like. They mm. shit 14 gallons a day, which is weird to put it in gallons. Yeah. Yeah. How, I much, guess, how much did you yeah. say urine it was there, Andy? Well, the methane from the urine, according to this article, is 55 to 110 gallons a day. I just don't get... I don't get that. And the morning, the morning one is the good from stuff. From urine, yeah. The morning, <laughs> yeah. One's the rough one. the morning one's the one. Is that directly from urine, or is that the methane output I, of th- all ends? The of article the just says their frequent urination produces fifty-five to wow. one hundred ten gallons of methane each day. Like I said, it's confusing to me, but I'm not trying to say this is wrong. I just didn't get it. Um, so yes, anyhow, uh, the cute thing here is that the animals are causing a problem. Wait, why is that cute? Uh, because of intense <laughs> farming practices. Uh, and here we can have them as part of the solution by using their underestimated intellect. This is, again, for training them to uh, go to the bathroom at, at the mulu. So during the training process, the animals were rewarded with a sweet treat when they urinated exactly where they were supposed to in a special, pee, in special pen installed in their barn. If they toileted outside the area, they were offered a mild punishment, a short burst of water. As the experiment continued, the animals continued to enter the mulu, building a habit, the researchers said, a site they celebrated given that past efforts to toilet train cattle had not been entirely successful. Within one or two urinations, most of the animals were walking down the alleyway, pushing open the door, and going into the toilet. Uh, it said that it would be nice if cows can be seen in a bit of a better light through this sort of research, given the bad rap they've had lately due to a long list of problems that farming poses for the planet. Uh, but, but By the way, just jumping in here again, because I was just working out some stuff and Googling some stuff while you were talking, the average human uh, breathes out around two pounds of carbon dioxide a day, which works out at around, at around 130 gallons. Hmm. Mm. So uh, this would be per, per cow. The well, the Matt, you're talking about breathing, and, and it shouldn't be surprising that you have over a hundred gallons of of but, exhalation. But, but what I'm, yeah, but what I'm saying is, gases pounds, pounds to gallon. But ga- yeah, gases ga- gases by their very nature take up large volumes. So a hundred gallons of methane 
Let me, let me look at how many pounds or how many kilograms of methane that is. And While you're looks, looking that up, let's not ignore the title of this thing, the Mulu. That's adorable. It is pretty. Yeah, cool. it's yeah. nice. Right? Come on, that's cute. It is nice. Yeah, those are some those are some brutal ur- um, urinal cakes. I've I've uh, <laughs> were they just salt licks? <laughs> yeah, just huge urinal cakes. Yeah, it looks like uh, it looks like you do release methane from peeing here. Very weird. Like we do we do as well. Human pee has methane. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay. Interesting. Beginning to rethink my urine diet now that we bring that up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. I so I try it and tell us, but you know, ironically, I, I was peeing when you guys were talking about that. What's what's going on? Urine diet. There's a water world, <laughs> some sort of base. Uh, basically, cows can be trained to go to. You could potty train cows. Was this? No, I'm talking about that. No, I know. Oh, I'm talking about the urine. Di- the urine diet. Oh, oh. Murray was saying he, you should drink your first pee of the day, and I said I doubt it, but I'll put it to our listeners. Hold on. And uh, <laughs> Murray didn't say you should. <laughs> Murray said he was reading up on a urine diet that is supposed that one to be weird trick why, healthy well, for you. you. Okay, why? Why should you? Uh, well, I, I was Googling it also, but the, before I got onto methane gas as a cattle, and uh, it said it, it's just good for your skin, it's good for your heart, uh, it's good for weight loss. Yeah. Okay. Again, let's put it to the let let's, let let the listeners yeah, let be the, the yeah. judges. Um, I would like to hear what anybody has to say about that. Oh, speaking of judges, did I, I did I tell you guys off, Mike, about the my I was just on Judge John Hodgman this week. Oh, uh, I saw you tweeting about it. <laughs> I want to just put it to you guys. This is a very simple thing to explain, and I think it's an interesting conundrum. I want to hear your take. So uh, a friend of the show, past guest Chip Pope, was visiting me in the desert. I accidentally backed into his car, dented his driver's side door, said, I'm going to take care of it. Uh, obviously, don't worry. And then before he could get it fixed, he opened that same door into traffic, and it got totaled. Oh, no. So what happens... And when you do that uh, in California law, if you open the door, you're at fault. So what happens to my initial obligation to promise to fix a dent now that the entire thing where the dent was is totaled and it's impossible to just fix that dent? But to give it, to put money to it, the first estimate he got on right, my dent right. was 2200 We were both like, that seems crazy high. He's like, yeah, I'll get a second estimate. Before he could, the door got totaled, like six, six grand in damage. So he has to go to insurance. So basically, he's out of the, the, the new cost of everything is $1,000 for the deductible. Whose responsibility Oof. is which parts of that $1,000? So, so question, do you think he was more reckless with his door because he already knew that it wasn't something he needed to look after? <laughs> he's just throwing it around like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. How much was his estimate, uh, Andy? The, crazily, for the first dent, which wasn't, I mean, didn't look very, very right. extensive, was 2200 So we were going to get mm. a second one because he was like, yeah, that seems... But again, before anything, any of that could happen, you open that door into traffic. And so um, that thousand dollar deductible, how what do you what do you guys think the responsibility? I mean, where does responsibility I think you kind of I think you kind of just throw responsibility because Chip's a good friend, you know, right? Yeah. I think you kind of just throw responsibility to the wind and just say, hey, man, why don't we split that deductible? I proposed even seven fifty two fifty with me doing the oh, seven fifty, wow. and he was like, no, 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 you owe me the whole thousand. You're still saving twelve hundred bucks. And I was like, wait, what? Because this other accident, yeah, I didn't want to say it. Chip's a dick. In... <laughs> Chip's an asshole. I didn't want to. No, it was a friendly. It was just like we went on the, the podcast because we thought it was an interesting dilemma. Not, it wasn't sure, like yeah, it an is. Un- right. unfriendly one. It was just like he was like, "Well, you're saving a ton." I'm like, "Well, you're saving even more because this other accident <laughs> would have been, you know." Anyway, uh, do you guys have takes on it, Matt or Jesse, or not? 
Uh, I'm still calculating uh, amounts of methane, by the way. That f- 55, oh, okay. <laughs> 55 gallons, I've just found a conversion thing. That is a quarter of a pound of methane, or approximately 0.12 kilograms. Okay. So, okay. Uh, so it's about like 100... It, so the two, in the range of numbers, it's about 100, 100 to 200 grams of methane is being produced by this urine. Just, just giving you... Just catching and, up on and, that. And what I've been okay. what I've been researching is is it is it safe to drink your own urine? So I'll tell you guys about the the rabbit hole I've been down uh, <laughs> here. Um, first of all, no, it's not. Every, every every reputable source is like never drink your own piss. Jesus Christ! But uh, you know when you Google stuff, sure. Sometimes up at the top, uh, there's also just like a little bar of images, like stock imagery. Yeah. <laughs> so I Google drinking urine, and then I clicked on the images, and. There, it's crazy. There's all these like Shutterstock like stock imagery oh, of no. people drinking piss, but then there are all these photos of giraffes, and what they do, there's photos of giraffes drinking their own piss, and what they do is they sort of, you know, like they're trying to blow themselves. Their large neck arcs over, and they pee into their own mouths, and it's insane looking. You guys gotta <laughs> prime incognito. Oh, mode oh, I concept. see it. Oh, I see it. Oh. Yeah, isn't that weird? Oh, that's so, not. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, are there any pictures of someone who has previously swallowed a jellyfish? Uh, no, no. Why is that, Matt? Because that that would be the that's the one time that scientists recommend you swallow. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when I go to a sex party, I like to bring a jellyfish <laughs> in case somebody uh, turns me down. Wait, that's why you uh, brought the jellyfish? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm always going to sex parties. <laughs> sure, <the> sex parties. <laughs> I like going to what are you, some kind of sex pervert? <laughs> I, <laughs> Wait, what's that from? Is that a is that a famous movie quote that I can't? Uh, no, I just I, it's, oh. it, I the redundancy of it's really funny yeah, to me. Yeah, so same, I always same. I always say sex pervert. Yeah. Um. Wow. Well, no, this giraffe. Okay, now I see where the eyes are upright. So it's drinking someone else's piss. Another giraffe, not someone. Uh, I just want to go on record by saying when I read about drinking your own pee, it was like five years ago. So I think the science has <laughs> developed more. And uh, they realized that maybe no, uh, it's I'm, not I'm going to have idea, to push back on this one, ago. Murray, and say the science was never. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Matt, the administration was a different era, man. No. Yeah, this was pre-COVID, buddy. Yeah, the technology did not exist five years ago to determine <laughs> these things, Matt. Um, it simp- simply wasn't there. Yeah, I don't know where I got that because I just Google drink your own pee and it's just like one giant no came up on my Google search. <laughs> sure, sure. Your computer lights on fire. But yeah. no, there's, um, I guess like there's some, when, when I Googled it, uh, drinking urine, let me th- see here. Yeah, I mean, there's like people on YouTube, like you should do it. I'm, a, you know, there's a few articles like, Check out this yoga teacher drinks a glass of her own piss every morning. It's just a bunch of like clickbait <laughs> stuff, but yeah. Clickbait? What is that? Wait, what? <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> obviously, I was obviously guilty of clickbait. Oh, okay. uh, but no, it, no, it did no. say you're losing a lot of. It did say you were losing a lot of uh, minerals and vitamins when you do pee. Um, but I love this article. Well, this they're not coming back <laughs> if you drink the pee, though. That's not. Well, I know no. this article just says there are much more effective routes of getting those high doses of vitamins and minerals than drinking your own pee. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's that you're losing it and that you should have absorbed it. I think that those are like 
excess and that's why yeah, they're all waste them, right like it's or yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's like it wasn't that like oh if only you could have captured that like no i think your body got the percentage of the like when you eat too many supplements or vitamins and your pee's all yellow that's because you, you 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 know went you overfilled the cup and like the cup doesn't need to be any more full so it just lets it all go i think is what's happening mm, no, that makes sense is my, i mean this is my layperson's attempt at explaining how your kidneys work i have no idea <laughs> um, but yes. Oh, speaking Man. of uh, jellyfish and peeing on, uh, have you ever had a jellyfish thing? And any of your surf- Murray and I are surf have, have surfed have surfed the world together. And by the world, I mean Southern California. Um, have you <laughs> ever had a jellyfish world, incident? Uh, I've been stung by a jellyfish once, and there was some woman just the whole time yelling, "Pee on it! Pee on it! <laughs> pee on it!" And it was so it pissed me. I'm like, "You pee on it! I'm got I'm fucking leaving. It's not that bad." Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been stung by a jellyfish. Uh, what kind um, of freak started that? Yeah, you know, just some guy like, oh, I heard if you pee on me, uh, uh, it helps the. <laughs> He's well, just some guy at the beach. Just what? Everyone piss on me, please. Oh yeah. What? And I, as, as somebody who just uh, presented the drink your own urine diet, I should know more about urine than I do. Yeah. Um, vinegar has the same. Eff- you, if you can put your hand in vinegar or wherever you got stung, it, it does the same effect. So right, are there right. qualities of vinegar and urine that are similar? Possibly it's just acidic. Acidic. it's just acidic. So that's alkalinity? all it is. Yeah, that's what oh, I figured. Wait. Yeah, I'm sorry. Acidity. Right. Yeah, Yeah, because the stings are alkaline. As, oh, yeah, yeah. as are uh, wasp stings and bee stings are acidic. Oh well, no! I but that's that. yeah. But a yeah, fire but, ant. I know that if you get bit by a fire ant, someone's supposed to poop on your chest. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's quick. Yeah. Shit on my chest, quick. I, I just got. I just got stung by a stingray. Someone has to sleep with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> While I watch, yeah. someone's someone's got a bull. I need a bull. To, <laughs> why do I know the lingo? Um, <laughs> oh man. Um, <laughs> So these two new species of dinosaur. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> they, they've been unearthed on the, by Isle of Wight fossil hunters. Isle of Wight also the site of a couple of music festivals. Yeah, that's right. The Isle of Wight. Yep. It is a, an <laughs> island off of the south coast of England. Yeah, isn't there a famous there. Who live album from there? Yeah, so there's the Isle yeah, of Wight yeah. Festival. Hendrix played there as well. This is, I think it still goes in some guise or another. And then also Bestival ran for a while and that was a great music festival uh and they have discovered some, and the isle of Wight is a weird place mm. i don't know whether we have I went any there isle once of in high school i don't remember really? anything about it what why mm. i didn't know you we are i was in the marching band right ladies which instrument? and um i'm sorry which instrument uh i like to say percussion but it was really the bass drum okay yeah <laughs> so but the thing is i joined senior year and you're supposed to work your way up so I had to start on bass drum with uh, uh, three other freshmen who, mm. if you've looked at school kids recently, freshmen look like they're eight and seniors look like they're 30. Right. So <laughs> it was really, really quite embarrassing. But the only reason I joined is because we went to England on the band trip. It's and one of our day trips during England was uh, the Isle of Wight. And I remember absolutely nothing about it. <laughs> so hey, what, 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 do you, what, what do you work your way up to? And also, how oh, much, oh, like, like, how much like the Pied Piper of Hamelin did you look leading these three children <laughs> down? <laughs> I know. You work your way, you kind of go bass drum, then probably, oh, well, actually, you start cymbals, I think. You start cymbals, then you go to bass drum, then probably uh, trios, 
uh, or uh, tritoms, and then snare is snare is your goal, Matt Kirshen. Oh, the, yeah, because the snare is like the that's the lead. That's a yeah, pretty much, pretty much. That, yeah. I mean, that kicks off everything. Yeah, definitely. Although oh, I did box in there, Matt. Wow. Yeah. Oh no, no, I actually have a snare drum. That was a real. Oh drum yeah. That I, <laughs> yeah I, 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 I'm surprised. I, I always forget to use it more in the podcast recording, but that's just it's just here. It's just handy. Interestingly, yeah. I was just talking to uh, one of the uh, my friend Ben, who was in the Jeopardy tournament with me, was out in the desert. We hung out last month, and he was in the Michigan marching band, which is like a pretty freaking intense, you know, like uh, whiplash sort of experience and he oh, was wow. yeah. on bass drum and he said there is an interesting distinction to a marching band bass drum in that it's the only instrument that there are times when it is the only thing playing or rather there are times that if you removed yourself you would hear the lack of a thing because in every other instrument there are things that are doubled and played at the same time as other things but with with the line of bass drums those those notes go like down the line one then the other then the other if one was gone there would suddenly be this quarter note silence oh, yeah. or eighth note silence is like, oh, I never thought yeah of that. no you're so, running you're 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 each note is not a being different played drum. by anybody else yeah 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 each note is a different so you have we had four I think you can do three I can actually do one I think you can do one to four I don't don't hold me on that but I think okay. that's what it is Anyhow, I was like, number three. Matt you were saying so yeah the, the discovery of new species these two new species of dinosaur which yeah. likely now was I I hate to interrupt yeah I hate to I just got to tell you guys something that I always do. When we do these articles, every time we do a dinosaur article, there is always some dinosaur fucking concept art because there's right. no photos of them because cameras didn't exist. Okay. And, I all, and I always Google the concept artist and look at their other shit. And <laughs> <laughs> this guy, holy Lord, um, <laughs> he's got. He he did the guy that did the concept art in this lovely article of these two new dinos did a character called Satan Claus, <laughs> which is like a sort of a weird sort of Santa Claus dino. With <laughs> oh man, you got to check out this guy's stuff. I got to say um, though, he's he's just living his best life. I mean, this is just someone who has truly taken his childhood passion to a career level <laughs> yeah, just, yeah but it's just drawing but always, cool dinosaurs all day and getting paid for it by the bbc yeah but you can't do full-time dinosaur concept art like the, the, <laughs> there's no way you could support yourself on that so they always the reason i always google them is because they all all of them have like a side hustle that's like tentacle porn or something it's the <laughs> the weirdest the weirdest stuff you've ever seen and this guy does a uh, satan clause which is available to buy as a print on artstation.com if you look yeah, at yeah. Anthony Hutchings. Yeah. Yeah. And it, uh, the caption, if you hear those jingle bells, run. <laughs> <laughs> well, how has Satan Claus not been a terrible horror movie? I don't know. It's a pretty cool looking right? It's right art. there, right? It's... I mean... Uh... I do love all the anagrams of uh, Satan and Santa and Stan. I was kind of thinking about making a shirt that says, not today, Stan. Is that funny? Is that a fun shirt or not? <laughs> Or does it not conjure up not today Satan enough that does it, it conjures not, it up okay. for me? I mean, I get it, but who yeah. is Stan? Is I don't that, know. Is I know a reference anything? Just, or? I, that's why I'm I not think sure you'd have to go Santa on that shirt, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it's not Stan. Just makes not today Stan just makes me laugh for some reason. No, I think I think not today Santa, and then have like a little star of David. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You could sell so many of those. Um, so, yes, when Anthony Hutchings is not painting Cthulhu, he's painting dinosaurs. Matt, what do we, what do we have here? Yes, yeah, so these are, 
the south of England roaming 125 million years ago dinosaurs have been discovered. Paleontologists have described one of the carnivorous reptiles as a, quote, hell heron. Okay. That is a heron from hell, comparing its hunting style to a fearsome version <laughs> of the bird. I know just the artist for this. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> you beat me to it, Jesse. <laughs> um, the, uh, the remains of the three-toed dinosaurs were found on an Isle of Wight beach. They belong to the Spinosaurid group and are thought to have mm-hmm. been around nine meters, that's 29 feet in length, with one meter long skulls. The collection of about 50 bones took several years to unearth. The first specimen, named S- uh, Ceratosuchops inferiodos, inferiodos, that's un- un- unfair, has been, na- <laughs> has been labeled a horned crocodile-faced hell heron. Amazing. Call Anthony! <laughs> <laughs> with low horns and bumps around the brow region, the name also refers to the predator's heron-like hunting style. The second has been called Ripovenator milneri, which translates as Milner's Riverbank Hunter, in order of British paleontologist Angina Milner, who died recently. Fossil collectors initially found parts of two skulls before a team from the island's Dinosaur Isle Museum uncovered a large section of a tail. It comes after the last Spinosaurid skeleton, which belonged to Baryonyx, which was discovered in a quarry in Surrey in 1983. Only single bones and isolated teeth have been found since. PhD student Chris Barker, author of the Southampton University study, said, We found the skulls to differ not only from baryonyx, but also from one another, suggesting the UK housed a greater diversity of spinosaurids than previously thought. And co-author Darren Nash, or Nash rather, who is an expert in British theropod dinosaurs, said, We've known for a couple of years now that baryonyx-like dinosaurs awaited discovery on the Isle of Wight, but finding the remains of two such animals in close succession was a huge surprise. The study also suggested how Spinosaurus might have first evolved in Europe before dispersing into Asia, Africa, and South America. And the collection of about 50 bones will go on display at the Dinosaur Isle Museum in Sandown. Curator Martin Munt, Dr. Martin Munt, said the find cemented the Isle of Wight status as one of the top locations for dinosaur remains in Europe. Well said, Munt. And audiences that stare at you weirdly. Yeah. <laughs> That's unfair. Now, I've had some fun shows. Is though. it is it true I, they found pieces of the ark next to that those bones also? That was the, that was yeah, ark. but it wasn't like the Noah's ark. It was like an ark that the the locals were building. Oh, right. okay. Yeah, they should have specified that because it yeah. got really confusing. Oh, was that, yeah. a, was yeah, that was on a, the Drink Your Own Urine website? It was Was that on the... <laughs> <laughs> They've also found the Ark. I'm going to drink some piss. I, I, got... <laughs> I think that uh, this is a stupid question, you guys. Um, when they find these bones, how do they know... Do, how do they match the bones? How are they like this skull and this rib are clearly from the same creature? I've... I think we've talked about this and I forgot maybe I don't think it's like a simple to answer question uh I I don't know (laughs) 
There's got to be <laughs> some way. There's, there, what, what if I just keep hemming and hawing about this and act like I have? Andy, kind of as a answer. guy who knows his urine, I'll take this one from okay. here. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, um, it's got to be like some sort of like proximity and similar carbon dating, and because I know there's plenty of times in the history of like dinosaur hunting that people have mismatched, you know, cre- yeah. created dinosaurs that aren't real by putting this 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 spine on these legs or whatever totally so i don't know but i mean like nowadays nowadays yeah i would assume that there's some way of saying this these bones are made of the same they have the same signature yeah well they're fossils at this point but yeah right right hmm i don't know matt is matt gone or no i i mean i'd be quietly googling oh okay oh there he goes (laughs) Come to, our es- come, come to our aid or rescue. As he as couldn't as get as enough as of these Anthony Hutchings paintings. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his art is great. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. It's, it's, it's pretty good. I got to do that from now on with the dinosaur movie. articles, though. That's so fucking great. I no, that. I do. I always do. I always, uh, I mean, um, concept, yeah, dinosaur art concept artists are, a, I mean, that's a niche. That's like a Christopher Guest movie waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> Um, we should wrap up the main uh, the main episode and save one extra little story for our Patreon patrons. But Murray, yes, sir. Where where can our listeners find you and also your new show? Uh, you can catch me at Murray V on Twitter and Murray V Comedy on Instagram. And my new show is a uh, music and comedy uh, game show. Um, you can catch on YouTube, uh, Murray Valeriano Comedy. It's called For What It's Worth. Our own Andy Wood has been on it and won, I believe. I f- did I? I forgot who I was playing. Was it? Um... It was a you played. Uh, Go ahead, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. You played Wayne uh, Wayne Fetterman, and uh, I think it was right after he'd been on our podcast to promote his book about the history of standup. Yeah, yeah. It was around the same time his book came out. Yeah, it's great. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it's I make it. It's not for music nerds. It's for it's really a comedy disguised around a music trivia show. Yes, check out for what it's worth. We'll link to that in the show notes, and then also Thanks, like, a, a thousand back episodes of roast stories. Oh, at least, at least. I did road stories for 12 years, I think, wow. 13 years or something like that. So when the pandemic came, I took a hiatus from it and then just decided to retire it and start this new show. Excellent. Well, very cool. So, And all you guys have been on that, on the road story, so you can go check out it. Yeah, Except yeah. Jesse, though. I tried to get Jesse on, but you had already moved to, you'd already moved to Nashville and I, nobody knew of uh, Zoom at that point, or else I would have had you on. Oh, right, right, right. No, I was I mean, still doing, I was still doing in-room stuff in the studio. No, I got it. I mean, I, the, well, m- yes, much like drinking urine, the technology five years ago just was not. <laughs> it's been a crazy five years yeah. for a lot has happened. A lot has a happened. Lot I'm has really happened. glad. I'm glad to be. I'm glad we're all around to see the changes <laughs> in this t- era. It's something we'll be talking about for a long time. Yeah. Uh, no, that's uh, that's very cool. Uh, you can find us probablyscience.com at probablyscience on Twitter individually at Jesse Case at Andy T. Wood and at Matt Kirshen probablyscience at gmail.com is the email address for any questions comments clarifications information about how they match dinosaurs together which I know at least one of our listeners has a thoroughly educated answer to rather than just some vague googling <laughs> so let us know we'll read it out on the next episode and yes, we're also on, on Facebook as well we're, we're on, on many other places but you can find us in all of those. Also, you can still watch all episodes of Memory Hole on Roku, on the Roku website and on Roku's app. So check that out, because I wrote on it, and I'd like to write more of it, because it was really fun. Oh, fun. 
And, Excellent. Uh, listeners, though, Murray, thank you so much for joining us. And listeners... Thank you for having me, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.